Welcome to a talk from St Saviour's Sunbury. We hope that it blesses you. Can you hear me? Good. What are you expecting? Greatness. Oh dear. It's been a bad week. (laughs) What else are you expecting? Having just had that um, introduction from Ron about the middle-aged, which is definitely me. Well, I'm in that bracket. You know, 33 to 66 is middle-aged, pretty much. So, yeah. Josiah was telling me how old he was this morning. He still hasn't reached middle-aged. But what are your expectations like? I, um, I've, had a, a really, I've been off sick this week. I've not been well. So I am going to be slightly less coherent than normal, unless God really intervenes. And I believe that he can. And that I will sound amazing, and it will make total sense to you. But the verse I kept coming back to was in that passage that Ron spoke about. So let's go to Joel chapter 2. If you've got a Bible or you want to pick it up on your phone. I thought you don't need me to do the whole of Joel because we've had it on the, on the video. But I'm in Joel chapter 2. And I'm going to change from the message because I can't find any verse numbers on the message. And Joel is saying that this is what God needs you to do. And he said, this is what the Lord says. Turn to me, I'm verse 12. Turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Return to the Lord your God. That's what he wants us to do. And then he says this promise, then the Lord will pity his people and jealously guard the honor of his land. The Lord will reply, look, I am sending you grain and wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy your needs. You'll no longer be an object of mockery among the surrounding nations. I will drive away these armies from the north. I will send them from the parched wastelands. Those in the front will be driven into the Dead Sea and those into the rear into the Mediterranean. Surely the Lord has done great things. Surely the Lord has done great things. Surely the Lord has done great things. Yes, it does take three times, doesn't it, Ron? The Lord has done amazing things. Anybody want to share something amazing with us? Come on. I've got, can I have the mic, please, Ron? <laughs> Ethel's going to share something amazing with us. Evening, everyone. Okay, this is nothing major, but all the same, whatever it is that the Lord does is always amazing. It's always, you know, great. Um, for the last week, I've been, obviously, actually last few weeks, I've been editing my magazine. But for the last few days, my computer went to a halt where, if anyone knows about computers, I got the blue screen of death, as they call it. And so I got that. And it's literally the worst thing that can happen when you're trying, you've got a lot of work to do and a deadline to kind of live up to. And basically, in the past, when that would happen, I would literally, because I struggle with anxiety, 
And I would literally get so much anxiety, I would not focus on anything but trying to figure out how to fix the problem and I wouldn't be able to do anything else, you know. And when this happened a few days ago, it was really interesting. I was not panicked. I was very calm. I was not even worried. I was not even thinking about, oh my gosh, I'm going to, you know, what am I going to do? I just thought myself, okay, I'm going to push the date back for the magazine again, fine. And I have to figure out how to kind of fix this. And I've been, I'm still in the process of trying to fix it. But I'm so grateful to God that he's given me such a great peace in my heart mm. to the point where I'm not even worried about what I'm going to do. I'm not worried about what people are going to think, you know, because I've had to change the date once again for the release of my magazine. And that's the kind of peace that God has placed into my heart where I find myself not worrying about a lot of things, you know, um, including when I'm trying to leave my house. And in most cases, I literally would check things like two, three times to make sure I've locked this, I've switched this off. And if I even leave one thing behind at home that I need when I leave my house, I'll go into a panic. You know, now I've reached a point where I'm not always late. L literally, I would be like an hour or even too late at places. Like, I've gotten so much better because God has placed a piece in my heart where I can actually ease into things now. And I'm a lot more calmer, I think, you know. And I think that's just the most amazing thing that God's done for me. Okay. Thank you. My expectation was going to be that Ethel was going to say, I got the blue screen of death and I prayed and it got better. But he didn't. Because God suddenly does things that are just beyond what we imagine. You know, he goes that one step further. Has anybody else got a one step further story? Come on, Sheila. Come up the front, otherwise I'm going to make funny noises all over the place again. This is Wednesday night. Um, I managed to leave the light on in my car during the day at school. Um, and I left later than most people at 10 to 6 because of stuff that happened after school. And because we've got temporary car parks, nobody during the day had noticed because of where my car was. Um, I had noticed during the day that it had a light on. So when I got there at 10 to 6, the car was dead, and my school is 31 miles away. Mm -hmm. um, so I hunted around all over the place. Could I get hold of the caretaker, who was the one person who might have jump leads? Um, I knew the RAC would have taken ages. Um, uh, could I find anybody? I found cleaning staff who don't speak English. I found a caretaker. You know, I found, I found all sorts of people eventually. And then just at the last moment, when I was getting a bit desperate, the head of six came out, and she said, I'll drive you to people who live just around the corner. And I have a couple who live around the corner because the wife who was in school for a meeting had said, we've got jump leads. My husband is at home. They both teach there. My husband is at home. Um, so the head of six dropped me off around the corner at this house that I had no idea where it was. I, I never, didn't know where they live. Um, uh, he hunted. He found the jump leads. They came back just as the caretaker appeared because somebody else had found him. They all hunted, worked around the jump leads. They didn't work. <laughs> so we spent a bit of time in the jump leads. But by that stage, I was in the hands of this lovely couple who I didn't know where they lived. And they took me back. I mean, I'd obviously prayed in desperation fairly early in this process. And they took me back to their house and they were saying, stay the night, which I didn't really want to do, but there you go, um, without being a toothbrush. Um, uh, you know, they were just, and I spent 15 minutes getting through to the RAC. Um, 
and they said four to five hours for, the, for them to, anybody to come out to deal with the battery. Okay. They just put a glass of wine in front of me and a meal about to arrive on the table when the phone came through an hour later and there was the lovely local guy who they got as a subcontractor come and it took him three minutes. The problem was with the car we were jump leading from, not my car, um, uh, to start my car and do everything else. And in the process I had, you know, ever you have a problem, just come round to our house, you know where it is. And I was so well looked after. If I'd stayed in school, I would have been miserable and, you know, and stressed and bored and lonely and all those other things. And because just God provided the right person at the right time, I was really looked after and so was my car. Thanks, Sheila. <laughs> What's Ron been bashing into us for the last two or three weeks? Hmm? More. Even more. Even more. Do you know, I have very low expectations of what God can do. I have very low expectations of what he can do in me. But God is always saying there is even more to come. And so I love this passage in Joel, because it's not just things are going to be okay. It's going to be the Lord has done great things. The pastures are going to be green. But more than that, the trees are going to be filled with fruit. The fig trees and grapevines are going to be loaded down once more. He's going to demonstrate his faithfulness. We can expect very little. We know, don't we, if we turn to God, if we repent, he will receive us. And we know that in our heads. But if we really imagine everything that he wants to do for us, that he wants to do even more in us, because Ron talks about it doing it in the church, and we know that that's so the church can go out and do even more in the community and God will be in his favour. But I believe that God can do even more in each one of us. We come to him. And it says in this passage that we have to repent. And those of us that have been Christians have done it. We say we've done it. We've done it once. We don't need to do it again. And we wonder why we don't receive anymore. Because we've done it once. I read an amazing book that was talking about the Spirit. It said, how much more can God give you? And what do you need to do in order to get more? One of the things is you've got to believe that he's going to give you more. You've got to believe that you are worthy of more. And you've got to ask for it. Growing up, I'm, um, so I was born at the end of the 60s. My parents were very much part of the austerity culture. We got presents at Christmas and birthdays, and that was it. One present, that was it. So my expectations are small. 
My husband said to me yesterday, it's, it's your birthday on Friday. Um, what would you like for your birthday? I know you want this, but what else do you want? And I go, no, no, that's fine. That's all it is. My husband is a very good gift giver. There's jealousy going on down here from other, other wives. Um, what more do you want? And I said, it's enough. That's all I need. And I wonder sometimes if we do that with God. God has said, I've got all this stuff for you, and I want to give it to you. And you go, no, no, just, just this bit, it's fine. I'll just have this little bit, please. My son, who's 14, is on the opposite end of the gifting spectrum. <laughs> You've got kids, you can tell, because the list is this long, and, you know, an Xbox and a PS, whatever we're up to, and this thing for this game that's £100 for this and all that. Sometimes we say to him he's not grateful enough for what he does get. We get the other way. We get blasé about what we've been given. So where's that balance? That balance between what God wants to give us that we say thank you for, that we grasp with both hands. I say to my son, you've got to clear out your bedroom or you can't get any more presents in there. And the rest of us, maybe I open my door a little bit to let God in. So tonight, my question is, how much are you letting God in? How much are you taking hold of what he wants to give you? Do you say, no, no, it's okay, God. You know, I know you love me. You don't need to show me. I don't need to be able to speak in tongues. I don't need the gift of intercession. I don't need this. And he's standing there saying, but I want to give it to you. If you just ask me for it. Joel had so much hope. He said, this is what you can have. This is what it's going to be like in the future. All you have to do is say, I'm sorry, God, I've messed up. And he'll give it to you. Maybe because we've been on around the block a while, we don't want to admit we still mess up. Maybe we don't want God to show us what it was that we did this week that was messing up. Maybe we don't want to admit that we've been trying to do it our way instead of God's way. Maybe we don't want to admit that we haven't got a clue what we're doing, but we just need to rely on him. Until we get to that place, he can do nothing in us. If we insist that it's about what we do and we are in control, he can do nothing. He wants to give you so much more. More than you can imagine. More than you ever believed you were worthy of or even that was out there for you. As we go into time of reflection, I just ask you to open up to him. 
ask for his forgiveness. Surrender to him whatever it is he is asking for, whatever it is he's identifying. One talked about those walls. Break down those walls. Open up. And let God fill you with that love and that spirit that Joel prophesied, that we saw in the Acts of the Apostles, we saw come in Pentecost, that we've seen in our church. Believe that he wants to give it to each one of us. More and more and more. And he always wants to give you more. We're a bit like a sponge. If you pick up a sponge that's wet, it all comes leaking out. And if you do that for long enough, the top bit gets dry. He wants to fill that sponge. He wants to plunge it back into the water and fill it up again. So as we pray, as we reflect, let God fill you tonight. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk. Okay.